0: Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.
1: Good morning. Good morning. My name is Andrea Simitov, and you are listening to Pull Up a Chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Okay, this is very, it's an important show. Well, every show is important. But first of all, when I think about who's listening in, I become all warm and fuzzy and ha-ha, yuck, yuck. There's a real sincerity to this. And I have to tell you, I feel that today's show is going to be intensely personal. Don't worry, not TMI, ugly, you know, kind of stuff, but but personal because we're getting close to Pesach, and not unlike the Yomim no Arim, where we really reveal the High Holy Days, where we reveal ourselves, Passover has a way of kind of bringing to the surface our inner essence. Um, Before we go on, I want to say that we have listening in from overseas, so far so good. We have the U.S. listening in, and I have to tell you, it is all over America I really, I'm, I feel very, very teary and yet imbued with a sense of obligation to my brothers and sisters in America who are brave enough to listen to this show and other shows on this station, which really hold American, certainly Western feet to the fire a lot of the time. And, uh you're not listening to just what makes you feel good. You're listening. You have that moral imperative. And I'm very grateful, very humbled by your listening in. Boketov, Eretz Israel, happy that you're with us. Okay, from up, up north to downtown south. New Zealand is with us this morning and Norway. Whoever else is listening in, let us know. And certainly drop me a note during the week. Andrea at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Love getting your notes. Uh, this week, this week, I watched a film on television, uh, the Ben Carson story called Gifted Hands. And Ben Carson is the pediatric neurosurgeon at um, at uh, John Hopkins University. Very inspiring. Very Jewish. Loved it. Also read the book, Hail Billy Elegy. Very moral. Very terrific. I recommend it. And I have a lot of more recommendations when we come back on the other side. How did a nice Jewish girl from Delaware end up living in Israel? Shalom! I'm Natalie Zipinski. Join me on my show, Returning Home. Meet different people who have moved to Israel. Hear their personal stories, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Each week, we talk to experts on immigration and the process of moving to Israel. Listen to Returning Home every Thursday, only on Israel News Talk Radio. okay we're back andrea Simintov, pull up a chair Israel News com. good morning canada happy that you're with us today okay so at the beginning um and all of you who will listen to it later on podcast and of course memorize it and share it with your friends i'm out of control already the show just started uh went to town this week went to town last week's show i think i said that i felt uh Oh, hold on. I'm all on a wire here. I felt a little bit bullied, a little bit bullied. You know, once again, our um, Arab cousins had hijacked, as I said, I personalize it. <laughs> they hijacked my show. and this whole fun, lively, label, digga. oh, let's talk, make it the matzah show, the pre matzah show. And instead, we were forced to talk about our unfortunate reality with people living really intertwined with people enmeshed uh with a nation that has a zero sum outlook on life and nurtures their children on a philosophy of hopelessness bleakness rage and one-upmanship so uh i felt a little bit a little bit angry and i felt dirty yeah i felt dirty and i was thinking to myself you know i listen to a lot of i listen to a lot of podcasts um I'm embarrassed. I mean, Barry's told you intensely personal show. Most of the podcasts I listen to are true crime. Because if I had to live my life all over again, I do think, knowing what I know now, I probably would become an, a forensic investigator. Um. So I listened to a lot of podcasts, and suddenly, at some point during the week, maybe I was preparing for Shabbos. I can't remember. I thought to myself, "This is not nurturing me." I was listening to stuff that was so schmutzy, so filthy, so descriptive of interpersonal ugliness between people. And I thought to myself, this does not, HaKadosh Baruch the Holy One, blessed be he in heaven, imbued me with this beautiful, clean, tahor, pure, soul the same soul that i emerged from the womb of my mother and was given to carry me through this life and here i am listening to all the schmutz and i think to myself you know have deal i would watch on television i watch breaking bad and i watch ozark and i watch the sopranos lap it up love it love it love it and suddenly i felt dirty so what did i do um I, I found some podcasts, I realized that, you know, this is a huge responsibility sitting behind this microphone, and I don't take it lightly, and I try never to uh, either feel arrogant or certainly appear arrogant, and if I ever do, I want you to call me on it. Having said that, I said, you know, I need to know more. People write to me all the time, Andrea @israelnewstalkradio.com. What do you think of? What is happening? What is the history of? What is the background concerning? And I have to learn stuff, 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 stuff. The famous George Carlin stuff. So I started to listen to Jewish history in America. I'm listening to um, various podcasts about the Sanhedrin and trying to up my game from from a place of abject ignorance. And um, this week, so... You know, my husband watches a lot of TV. His schedule is very different than mine. He works very hard and he kind of chills. He doesn't even know what he's watching. Uh, You know, we'll be watching a movie sometimes. And like 15 minutes in, he says, I think I saw this. Okay, nothing registers, nothing. He doesn't, as he says to me, I don't want to learn anything. I don't want to become a better person from from Netflix. And then he said to me, let's watch something. So we Googled, Googled, Googled. And I knew that I couldn't see anything schmutzy. And I came across a film. I think it just came out on Netflix, but it might be a 2009 or a 2012, maybe two. a film starring Cuba Gooding Jr. as Ben Carson. I mentioned this before the break, uh, Dr. Ben Carson. And the name of the film is called Gifted Hands. And I kind of made this decision that if something isn't Torah, I'm not going to be involved in it. And as my great to Tahili Yeager, used to say to us in our classes, if something feels right, deep in the pit, if you don't have to analyze it, if you don't have to justify it, if you don't have to do cartwheels and say, well, you know, today, da, 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 and bring, but if something just feels inherently right, you could be pretty sure that it was Torah. And I watched this lovely film called Gifted Hands about Ben Carson, and he is a pediatric uh, pediatric neurosurgeon at john hopkins and i'm not going to say he happens to be black he happens to be african-american because it is a very critical component of his story his story which really is a celebration of his mom and you could see that he had a lot to say about the production i, I believe that it's actually based on his book but um but there was no gratuitous addressing of abject racism to make it more Hollywood worthy. Um, It was addressed, but wherever it was addressed, it related directly to the story and his, um, oh gosh, I'm losing the English. It's not becoming replaced with Hebrew. It's just, I'm becoming not bilingual in two languages. You know, in his evolution as is terrific. So if something if there was a racist incident which caused his mother to sit him down and say this is how it's going to be because of that it was included. The movie was short. Nobody got naked. There was no foul language. There was no gratuitous sex. I was riveted and it was over and I was better. Again, holy Just also last week, read the book uh, Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. I know, I know they made a movie. Please, God, I ask you, spare me from seeing a movie made from a book that was inherently really very Torah-centric, lovely, filled with values. I do believe that People on the left side of the aisle and people on the right side of the aisle will be both happy and dismayed. Certainly worth seeing. Okay, so here comes the part of the show that gets a little bit personal. You know, um, there's a there's a book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Very interesting. Uh, He has a book. Hold on. It's on my shelf. Hold on a second. We have. okay. We have the four agreements. We have the fifth agreements. I have them on my shelves because I'm a certified life coach. And there's a lot of stuff in there, which is very helpful and very, again, Torah centric. A lot of stuff, which I would, uh, you know, argue with. So we're not going to go, but here is something I came across, which is so beautiful. And it says, be impeccable with your word. And when you hang around to the last section of the show, you'll be able to, you know, connect the dots, you know, and he says in it, that we have an obligation to speak with integrity, to say only what you mean, to avoid using the word, to speak against yourself or gossip about others. I guess we're saying that self-deprecation is really not okay. To use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. So I share with you that in the late 1970s, because, you know, I was born in 1984. <laughs> okay. In the late 1970s, I was a struggling actress in Boston. I had my eyes on New York. And I was part of a theater group. At the time, man, oh, man, did I think I had arrived. And the name of my theater group was called Little Flags Theater. We did a lot of political theater. We did a lot of street theater. Uh, we knew a lot. We were very, very smart. And... Um, I performed in shows, just to give you the vibe, I performed in shows called Fanshong, about the glorious rise of Mao Zedong. I appeared in something called Tanya, and it was about the Argentinian revolution and how great Che was. And one I remember in particular was called The Fury of Mother Jones. And I have to be fair that to this day, I do have a soft spot for the plight of coal miners uh, and the ravaging uh that strip mining does to america the ravage that it causes both the topography the topography the topography and of course the economic whoredom of profits over people but i am digressing because we were getting ready for our next show when i was a member of this cast and I had to make a moral decision. I remember very little about the incident because it was so painful, and it causes gaps—you know, really gaps in my memory. But the next show, I don't remember what it was called. I never saw it. It was written to highlight the plight of the quote Palestinian people under the beautiful Zionist uh, apartheid regime of Israel, or that monstrous accident called Israel. And there were other Jews in my troupe, I, I think, but we didn't talk to one another. We were told. We were brainwashed. We ate together. We performed together. Some of the cast slept together. We were one, one mind, one organic being. But you know what? I cheated. On Saturday mornings, I shul hopped. I went from synagogue to synagogue. And then I said, I can't do it. I quit. I was systematically humiliated. There's a methodology of this. It's clearly documented in communist and socialist literature. I was surrounded by people. I was abused. I was spat on. I had to be carried into my home afterwards. But I tell you this. My parents would never have to see me perform in a work that denigrated Who we were. They would never hear me participating and being a tool of our enemy and going against our ethics and our values. From that ugliness, a Jew was born. When we come back, we'll talk about the explosion in yesterday's Knesset. We're back. Andrea Simintov, pull up a chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. The um, previous section, <laughs> the purpose was not gratuitous. Wow, well, look at her, look at her. What I'm trying to share with you is that any of us can believe anything for a short period of time. But when we go against who we were, what and whom we were born to be. There's not a child among our enemies that are sitting in jail that was not born in holiness, was not born as pure air, raw material, to be molded and shaped into a participant in the healing of the world. We are porous. We can all learn and we can all be. But when we're so busy knowing, instead of connecting to that inner infant and remembering who we are and what we know, we are the children of parents for a reason. And when I say that there is one book, one ethical whole star, for the Jewish people, and that is called the Torah. I must tell you, the Torah is the same book. It is the same Torah that is held within the Aron, the Ark of a Reformed Temple. The same Torah with the same ink on parchment lettering graces the conservative synagogue and the Orthodox Stiebel. When a Jew, when a Halachic Jew marries another Halachic Jew, a Jew according to Jewish law. I will tell you right now, the color of the two participants, their skin color in this marriage. Is not an issue and must never be an issue. That is not Judaism. The Torah, as written, as discussed, as parsed, but true to the ink on parchment, determines our ethical boundaries. But when we negotiate the mitzvot, both the negative and the positive, we become guilty of playing with spiritual fire. We have a tongue-in-cheek question. Asked, certainly in my house, and we say, Are we dealing with 613 mitzvot? You all know what a mitzvah is, a, can, a, a commandment. We say, Are we dealing with 613 mitzvot or 613 bayot? That's Hebrew for problems. Anybody can believe anything for a short time. And for those of us who even look back at Woodstock and say, Ah, there was, there was unity, my friends. Even Woodstock was only three days. I would like to have seen Woodstock after not three months, three weeks. They wouldn't have made the film. Okay. So, all right, so I'm moving my mic, you hear it? You see, we make this show real. Wait, you need me to turn the page I and mean, he's the page. Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. All that Andrea, she's so prepared. All right. So here is an English translation of uh, yesterday Knesset member Edith Silman. Edith Silman, um, she is a member of actually Naftali Bennett's prime minister, half prime minister, soon to be former prime minister natalie bennett's uh, yamima party so here is an english translation of what she stood up and announced yesterday i cannot continue to support a government who will break the status quo for the sake of maintaining itself in office we voted one truth and change and ended with lies and betrayal what is she talking about On Monday, Silman, she lashed out at the health minister, Nitzan Horowitz. Um, Yeah, Nitzan Horowitz has a problematic history with both the Jewish people and with his Jewish self. He is a health minister, and he instructed, obviously they can't make him the religion minister, but he instructed the hospitals to allow um, chametz, leavened bread products, into their facilities during the upcoming Pesach holiday in line with a recent Supreme Court ruling reversing years of prohibition. For years in a Jewish country, we proudly remained Jewish and people who came to Israel during Jewish holidays were very clear about seeing the Jewish nation of, of the Jewish um. The Jewish personality, there's a word, there's a word, help me, of the nation that they were visiting. Just as if I were visiting Japan, I would be expected to recognize the particular customs of Japan, of which they are proud, of India. Need I go on? I'm imagining Canada too. Jewish tradition, bars, uh, bringing chametz from the public domain into, uh, from, from, into, hospitals during Passover (sighs) she continues I tried unity as one that came from the worlds of the common good I worked hard for this current coalition unfortunately I cannot give a hand to the Jewish identity of the state of Israel and the people of Israel not everything you know because I tried quietly I can no longer continue this way I will end my membership in the coalition, and I will continue to persuade my friends who return home and form a right wing government. I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. The Jewish identity of the state of Israel is the right to exist here. It is our heart. It is our essence. Injury without any regard for the public and the values I represent is a red line for me. So we ask ourselves. We must ask ourselves, as we stand at the brink of Pesach and we see those, that mere 20% who blindly, I don't know that they skipped into the midbar, skipped into the desert, but the first thing they said is, we are of this people, and it's not negotiable. You cannot straddle both sides and call yourself. You cannot say, I am Torah observant, except for. One attitude towards observant makes someone a Jew, and then there's another attitude towards observance that makes us Jew-ish. We can ask ourselves. Dalia Scheindlin, she's a political analyst, know where she writes. I think she's Israeli, which is probably why I don't know her. But she said that Silman is the first person to really prepare to bring down the government. She's doing it from a place of conviction. She is religious. And I think we all underestimate the power of theology. You know, we know very much the theology of our enemies, as Mayor Kahana Zatzal said, you cannot buy Arab love with free education, good working toilets, okay? And a promise of electricity. And he didn't really say that, but the toilet thing was real. Maybe it's time that we understand that morality. The ideological straw that broke her back, according to her, was the coalition's readiness to comply with the immoral High Court of Justice to say that hospitals can can, um, can may not bar people from bringing in Hamid's. This was not an easy decision for her. I applaud her. And anybody who's trying to look and say, well, you know, there was another message behind it. She wants to do this to the government and that, you know what, boys and girls, sometimes an apple is just an apple. If we're going to get ugly about our discussion and what her real motivation was, Let's save it for another day. Right now, I am very happy to say that there was a moral glimmer of light that I would like to hold on to at least until Pesach. Okay, we could talk about uh, the new vicious beatings. You know, they talk about, well, you know, racism is up all over. Jews are absolutely the target of more than 50%, maybe 70% of um, racial Racial attacks certainly taking place in the United States. Let's go into a woohoo moment. We'll talk about that another time because I want to do a good a woohoo moment. Hooray, hooray, Israel. A round of applause because I got to tell you, the show's racing along. So um, in a rare reform, the Minister of Transportation, Mirav Michayeli, and the Minister of Finance, Avigdor Lieberman, who we never have anything good to say about, they have unfailed a public uh, announcement that will provide free public transportation for everyone, all Israelis who are 75 years old and over. That's like me in like 20 minutes. And it's going to start this summer. People who are aged 60 to 74, can I say it again? Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, will receive a 50% discount on fares. I'm totally off script now, but I tell you, Public transportation in Israel is a big thing. It's a good thing. And it really is a necessary thing because this country is tiny. And every Israeli who has $6 in his bank account goes out and leases a car and buys a car. And there's a real kind of chutzpah to car ownership, polluting our lands, polluting our highways, totally congesting. And public transportation is fantastic. So right now... um, 50% 50% off until the age of 75, and 100% off. Very important. It's, it's, it's a very, very good move. When we come back, we're going to talk about Pasha Mitzorah. You're thinking leprosy. I'm thinking shame. See you on the other side. back andrea simon pull up a chair on israelnewstalkradio.com you know how like they sometimes when you watch these television series or you watch something that they have out clips so the most fun that takes place on no not the most fun talking with you is the most fun i think jamaica is with us today maybe indonesia the bah- bahamas happy to have you listening and the most fun takes place during the breaks where the producer and i disagree and fight and scream and um They still let me keep the show. So (laughs) hold tight. Um, All right. So we're talking about today, we're talking about ethics. We're talking about values. We're talking about standing up for what is right. And um, I just I just have one aside that I want to say to the producer listening in. The God's a miracle. The biggest miracle is that the world still thinks that Jews are so smart. Leave it at that. For the rest of you, you can write to me and tell me what you think that means. Okay. So this week's parsha, Torah portion is called Metzorah, Metzorah Um, So let's see. We have a lot of different sources where I kind of pasted and glued this together. Isn't it nice not to talk about Jews getting beaten up on the streets of New York? Yeah. Okay. We're going into, listen, we're coming to this incredible section, this time of year. And there were no mistakes. You know, they didn't put the calendar. They didn't, they didn't hobble the Torah together despite the calendar. The calendar does not exist despite the Torah. It's a marvelous marriage of reason, rationale, and holiness. So Rabbi Sachs, it's very hard for me sometimes to read Rabbi Sachs' Zatzal, um, really, the, the, one of the greatest Torah orators, orators, minds, and really, he he understood our our current culture very, very well and operated from that place, very, very different from Rabbi Kanievsky, who just died, who really had no idea what was going on in the modern world. Or, or, or chose to just remain. It was operated from a very, very different place. Both places, very, very holy. Both, everybody has their place. Anyway, Rabbi, Rabbi Sachs brings down, discussing this week's Parsha. People in a shame culture are other-directed. I just love this. You know, looking and see, who what's the other guy doing? How bad are they? What immorality are they displaying today? They take care, according to Rabbi Sacks, very much. uh, I, you know, I I extrapolate a lot with what I read, but, you know, they take care about how they appear, how they look in the eyes of old, you know, others. Or in today's parlance, we would say, you know, their image. Jews, we are the, you know, archetype, archetype of guilt culture. God knows that Catskill comedians knew about this as they mocked our mothers. But to be fair, we're very, very inner cultured. Inner cultured people care about what we, and I say we because it's the world from which I I, I was born or I was spawned. Um, What I know about myself, what we know about ourselves, moments of absolute Honesty. We have a concept in Yiddishkeit, in Judaism, it's called cheshbon nefesh, taking a moral accounting, an accounting of the soul. Even if our public image is undamaged, if you know you've done wrong, it makes you feel uneasy. You wake up at night, you're troubled, as Rebetzin, as Rebetzin Yeager would have said, if something feels right, if it's Torah, and if something going on with you doesn't quite feel right, you could be pretty sure it ain't. So Rabbi Sachs goes on to explain that the emergence of a guilt culture in Judaism comes, it emanates from this understanding about the relationship between God and humankind. In Judaism, we're not actors on a stage, as I kind of poorly illustrated at the beginning of today's program with society as the audience and as the judge. We can fool society. Today's program is not going to go into the long list of those who have fooled society because we cannot fool God. All pretense and pride, every mask and persona, every cosmetic cultivation of public image is irrelevant in the book of Shmuel. I remember the book because I actually studied Shmuel too with one of my sons, but in the book of Shmuel one, it is written the Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Shame cultures of which unfortunately we see represented day in and day out in our media. They're very collective They're very conformist. They can lay someone at the floor and spit on her because she dares to think differently. By contrast, Judaism, the original guilt culture, emphasizes, I don't know why I laugh. That's not fair. That's belittling to my faith. The original, moral, high ground guilt culture emphasizes the individual and their relationship with God. What matters is not not whether we conform to the culture of the age or what page six says, but whether we do what is good, just, and right. So <clears throat> all of us, we can infuse our homes and the contents of our homes with holiness by dedicating our thoughts our speech, and our actions to serving God. You know, there's a very funny joke. It's not a funny. Someone would call it a disability, disability bashing. There used to be a joke that said, what happened when Helen Keller, it's a terrible joke. He said, what happened when the first time Helen Keller held a piece of matzah? She ran her hands over it and she said, who wrote this garbage? Ha ha, yuck, yuck. Matzah is inexplicable. It's not braille. The message is very clear to all of us, when we call it the lechem oni, the bread of poverty, and we say, the bread that we speak or respond much about. It's not a yearly joke. What the matzah is teaching us, that by dedicating our thoughts, our speech, and our actions to serving God, We approach this chag, this holiday of Pesach, with a unique opportunity. You know, throughout most of the Seder, we leave the matzah uncovered. On Shabbos, we cover the challah as we open it up. We protect the challah, the inflated challah. You protect its dignity, but the matzah has no dignity. It's not dignified and inflated by itself. We let our words of Torah and our and our tefillah to permeate the matzah. In translating the Hebrew, okay, I'm going to say it in English. One who, um, who tells the story of the Exodus, it is more praiseworthy. It, what is the it we're talking about? The matzah. The more we invest in telling that story, the more we inculcate immuna, faith throughout the story, the greater the matzah becomes. Matzah is referred to as a bread of healing. And we see from the lessons of Sa'arat, of the lessons of this Parsha, of leprosy, that one can increase the matzah's healing aspect through the very mitzvah of telling the story of the exodus from Egypt. Okay, let me, I just want to get to something really, really, all right. So it's a very difficult Parsha, very much. Um, It's a difficult subject because, you know, we talk about the entire subject of this mysterious disease Diseases that manifest themselves on the human body and clothing and even on the houses and the buildings is discussed in the Mishnah, but also in a lot of different places in the Talmud. However, that the, the, the fact that the subject is discussed doesn't really reveal the underlying pathology of these diseases. You know, it's not WebMD, and it doesn't help explain it to us in a rational fashion. So how can we talk about this? The Torah expands on an idea of spiritual imbalance and of shortcomings consistent with our guilt mentality of looking inward. We're never really conscious of these matters. And in fact, they're pointed out to us by others. We'll usually resent it. What do you mean I'm not this? What do you mean I speak not like? What do you mean my clothing isn't beautiful? My meals aren't kosher enough or beautiful enough. There's not enough parsley. So throughout the mechanisms of physical symptoms, as described in this week's Parsha, the Torah reminds us that we need to examine and purify ourselves spiritually, not just physically. You know, our bodies, our clothing, even our dwelling places, our humble abodes, require inspection and sanctification even the podcasts we choose to listen to and the movies we choose to see. The physical manifestations of these shortcomings are no longer apparent in our time. But that underlying the subtle lesson is still present in all of our actions and our attitudes. That realization that we can be deficient in our behavior unless we're monitoring our relationship to heaven is essential for living a Jewish and observant life. Shabbat Shalom U'mivororach from Yerushalayim.
0: Israel News Talk Radio's chat room.